sit at the large kitchen table working. His drafting papers spread across the table. A compass. A slide rule. Then, he was obsessed with the scientist Faraday, examining his notebooks, reading his reports on electromagnetic wave theory for radio. He was fascinated with Maxwell's question, What is light? He'd read Maxwell's Matter in Motion, Theory of Heat. Near the Remington Arms, mostly, and sometimes, too, along the streets leading to the Hitchcock Gas Company, men lay in wait to descend upon the workers, thrusting flyers, notices, newspapers, into reluctant hands, running alongside them, sometimes for up to two blocks. They were a nuisance, but Austin never refused. He took what was presented and stuffed these pamphlets and papers into the deep pockets of his overcoat. At the end of a week's time, his pockets had no room for his gloves. On Sunday mornings, early, he removed each piece of paper, unfolding, smoothing out the crumpled notices. He read them, some in Russian, others in broken English. Lecture on the history of Russian folk. Advance in Soviet machines. Russian choral recital. Speak, read, write English. History of man. Other postings and announcements filled the boarding house's entrance hallway. Newsprint paper tacked to the walls and a confusing jumble resembling paper mache Someone had secured a row of nails for such flyers, and the papers hung off the walls, folded inward, as if fatigued. Corners rustling when the door opened to a February, March, or June gust, causing the inevitable swirl of errant flyers. There were papers on the floor, strewn along the stairs, curled and shivering in the doorway, some scraping out to the street and away. Other flyers hung from strings draped off nails, dangling mobile-like and beckoning with more elegance than their unlucky pinioned neighbors. It was Austin's habit that, when not in his shared boarding room, he scoured these walls, reading the advertisements and notices, choosing what he'd wanted— writing things down in his notebook. Professor, some chided as they passed him entering or leaving. Bourgeois. He didn't listen. The flyers and notices promised a way to pass a pleasant evening. The Russian Social Club. The Union of Russian Workers. It was a place to go, a way to avoid the boarding house where there was only room to eat and sleep. The Russian Social Club met in the basement of the Orthodox Church. They held music recitals. He could belong to the chorus. They put on plays and pageant shows, organized sales and celebrated Pushkin's name day. The union offered English classes, courses on the automobile, radio engineering. He paid his dues. He attended sponsored lectures. He received the union's paper. It was a brick building where bread used to be made. The ovens were now stacked with books and manuals, and the pupils, all union members, sat along the old assembly line conveyors that lay in parallel, crossing the room in broad silver bands. There was no heat in the building, just cold running water, so they sat in coats and hats. In other rooms, meetings about the state of Russia took place. These were often loud, one man's voice distinct over others' murmurings or grumblings, leaving his English class Austin stood in the open door, watching the meeting in the adjacent room, listening. Workers, society, capitalists. Don't just stand there, a man ordered. Come in. What's this all about? For workers.
I'm not a worker. Let me see your hands. The man looks at Austin's upturned palms. You're a worker. I'm an engineer. So that means you work, don't you? Yes. Then listen. He walked in, stood next to the man. The room was filled, men seated, others standing three deep along the walls. They'd turned the lights out as if for a theater performance. One man stood before the gathering, candle in hand, reciting tenants from a broadsheet. Why are the lights off? Austin asked. No one outside can see in. And if they did? Trouble, the man grumbled, and disappeared farther into the room, lost. To enter a house of women is to enter a home. He'd been in the country six years before reaching the moment where he could move from the men's rooming house to a home, a proper home, as a boarder.